Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. Welcome to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. I'm your host, Todd Citron, and today's guest is Shane and Christy Savoy. This is part two of a two-part series uh, and these guys uh, are from Broussard by way of Arkansas, uh, just some great Cajun Catholics leading our community. And uh, we're going to concentrate a little bit today on, on Shane and his faith life and, his, and, uh, and how he got to where he is today. But Shane, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm, uh, I guess uh, I, I can't tell you where I'm from. Um, <laughs> I was born on the West Bank, uh, West Jeff Hospital I didn't know that. in Marrero. Okay. Uh, my mom and dad were... They were from. They lived in the West Bank, but my dad's kind of from Homa down the Bayou and Bayou Blue. Um, my mom's from the West Bank of New Orleans, and and they met, and I was born. And then two days later, when I came out of the hospital, we moved to Hammond. My dad was in the oil field, and he kind of got was working his way up, and he, he really is a testament to me, just his success story and and where he's been able to come from with a lack of education. You know, he never got a college degree, but his work ethic and his personality and his willingness to move uh, helped him move all the way up the ladder in the, in the oil field. But we moved a lot, you know, so we, we lived you in really Hammond. really are a Roman Catholic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So we lived in Hammond. We, we moved to Shreveport. We moved to Homa. We moved back. We moved to Hammond, but this time we went to Ponchatoula. Uh, and then in the sixth grade, we moved to Lafayette, uh, went to Our Lady of Fatima when we got here, and then ended up at St. Thomas More. But in all all of those, and this is one of the things that I always found unique, uh, my father was adamant that we would be in Catholic schools. Mm-hmm. He had an opportunity growing up at one point, uh, I think for three years, he got to go to Our Lady of Palm Sucker on the West Bank uh, in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and it was transformational for him. And, but he was so young, he didn't know why. He, he just knew there was something unique about Catholic schools, and, and he wanted that experience for my brother and I. And What's really unique is years later you find out that there were portions in our childhood where he was unemployed but still found a way to get us into Catholic schools. And, and I look at that, and as I look back at my faith journey, it's that foundation that my dad sacrificed to, to get my brother and I into Catholic schools that I always knew where I needed to be. I always knew where to land, uh, no matter where I may have found myself journeying to. Out of, out of high school, went to McNeese State University to play football. Loved it. Had a great time there. But I get a call from a buddy of mine, Lance Struther. He is playing at Arkansas Tech University. Never heard of this place. <laughs> never, never even thought of moving out to Arkansas. But I had just gone through the death of my mother. My mom died of cancer when I was 19. And I was looking for something more. And I'll never forget the phone call from Lance. He said, hey, man, you need to come up here. It's more than football. And it was the first time in my life where I was like, you know what, that's what I need. I need something more than football. So I moved up to Arkansas Tech, fell in love with the community, got involved with the local Catholic church there, ended up being hired as the, uh, I was a youth minister at the church while I was at the school there, playing football at Arkansas Tech, making great friends and great relationships. And um, all the while I was planning on being an accountant. You know, so I always had this okay. want to be a, always had this want to be a coach. But every coach I've ever talked to in my life told me not to be a coach. So I figured, well, um, I was good with numbers, and I enjoy a I enjoy that for stuff. Business. So, a uh, <laughs> so it's always like, well, I'm gonna be in accounting, and and I guess my big journey took off was. I'm a senior in accounting, so I'm on my fourth year of accounting. I'm on track to get my 150 hours so I can sit for the CPA, 3.4 GPA. I'm doing well in accounting, and, and I lead a retreat for the local Catholic church. 
and a little 13-year-old girl comes up in the middle of the retreat, and she looks at me and she says, uh, what are you going to do when you get out of college? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to be an accountant. And she's like, well, what do they do? I was like, well, they perform financial forecasts and they help guide the... And before I could even get to the really cool part of being an accountant, uh, she just looks at me and she goes, nope, don't see you doing that. And she just <laughs> bebops off. Come and on. Uh, and I, yes, I actually fell apart. It was so bad, the priest there came up and told me I had to leave because I was bringing everybody down. Because she was right. And in, and in that moment, I'm like, I've just spent four years of my life preparing for something that I knew didn't fit in... Where do I go from here? Uh, so it added another year and a half to my degree, and I switched to business education and knew I wanted to get into education. And ultimately, the draw to Catholic education uh, was something that I didn't really know why I wanted until I finally got into it. And now to think to go back would just be, there's just so many different regulations and things that you got to worry about uh, that the Catholic school or just just. Catholic education gives you the opportunity to speak the name of Jesus Christ in any moment. So uh, it's been, you know, in that journey, I got to meet Christy, a wonderful family, wonderful community. Uh, I can remember, I think the 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 go-to moment or the moment the most, I'm not a romantic. So I, I don't believe I just, that. I don't I'm just not a romantic, but I'm very practical. And we had a road game in Georgia, so we are busing back because our school was moderately cheap. Uh, so we uh, we end up getting back in Russellville at 4 a.m. from our game in Georgia the, the day before. And they had 8 a.m. mass at her church. Which in, is 45 minutes in away. In her hometown. So when I got back, I was like, well, I might as well just go over there and surprise her. You know, and so I showed up. And unbeknownst to me, everybody I'm standing around is related to Christy. Her <laughs> uncle's next to me. Her brother's standing in front of me. I had no idea. I just showed up. And, and I think that was the moment where I probably really won her heart over uh, was showing up and going to mass with her and uh, that that journey has been transformational for me because just as much as I may have showed her a new way of of being spiritual she has showed me a new way of living life and uh, it's been it's been great got a job out of college in northwest Arkansas um, we found some unique Catholic churches and Catholic experiences when we're up there and Got a call from Lance Struther again, just so happens, we're four years in, and he says, hey, they got another job at STM. And, and I had told Christy all along when I got into coaching, you know, my ultimate dream would be to go back to St. Thomas More and, and just work with Coach Hightower. And so when the call came and we had the opportunity, we just jumped at it and still don't know how all of it worked out, still have no clue how we even got down here. But now it's home, and, and as new things and new opportunities come in my life, the community of Lafayette is what I weigh against all other things. Yeah. You know, the, the bottom line number on the check at the end of the day is is not really a factor when it comes to the community. Mm-hmm. So was that it, Christy? Was it that moment? when? <laughs> that was a pretty big moment. I'm not going to lie. That was a big moment because we, of course, sat in the third pew on the left every week. Like that was our, our family's pew, right? And he never came up. He, he just stood in the back. And so I did not know he was there until I turned around to come back to my seat from communion. And it was like, oh, my gosh, wait a second. Wait a second. He's here. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was a pretty big moment. <laughs> yeah, funny, I'm on the way to the church, and I get behind this truck, and it's this old pickup truck, and the guy's got a big tire on it, and in the middle of it it says, the hay man. And I'm just frustrated because, you know, the speed limit's 55. I think I'm running late. This guy's going like 40. I'm just, I can't pass him because it's a mountain road and it won't allow me to. And I'm just frustrated, frustrated. 
ends up he pulls into the same church ends up he's the usher that day oh, and he's standing wow. right next to me and it's her uncle my Lee. uncle yeah it's funny <laughs> yeah so that was that was my first connection to that yeah after yeah. mass he was like well i got stuck behind this truck and it said hey man i was like oh that's my uncle Lee. <laughs> <laughs> wow but you know the whole his story too and mine together it shows how amazing god's plan is because like just looking at it logically we should have never even met even if he would have got to Arkansas Tech, he should have been graduated before I got there. You know, so it's just amazing how God is like, I have a plan for you, and it's for good. So, yeah, it's just. All right. So, come on, Christy, ask him some questions. Oh, and, uh, man. Maybe things we, 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 we don't know. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. we find it interesting. Uh, so, uh, I can prompt a little bit. So, um so how long had you been there before y'all had met? I'd been there since 98, so 98, 99. So it probably would have been about two years wow. before she came in. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I used to joke with people, I would always kind of, you know, whatever new freshman girls came into the Catholic right. Center, I would get to know them and just kind of <laughs> forge relationships and, and see, see if there was anything more there. And, 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 and honestly, there really wasn't anything until Christy came along. There was just something unique about her. I, I know the question I want to ask is, you know, there's not many college football players that sign up at the Catholic Center. You know, how did that go down? How did that happen? I always knew that's where I needed to be. Wow. So um, I don't know why there was that was always so my family, I guess you would say we were convenient Catholics. We lived in the actual town's name was Pumpkin Center. It's outside of Ponchatoula. So it took you about 20 minutes to get to Mass. And, and now that I'm a father, I can see the strain for parents to bring their kids to Mass. Uh, so it became convenient. You know, like, so our family for years, if we could go, we would go. Or if my mom just decided we had to go this week, we would go. But it wasn't a an every time thing. But we knew that's where we needed to be. I will say Father Floyd Kale uh, at Holy Cross was the... The rock man. spiritual advisor, just him. And, and look, he, he has no idea who my parents are, but he was the reason we started going every week because awesome. uh, he really connected with my parents from the pulpit. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. Today's guest is Shane and Christy Savoy, part two of a two-part series, and uh, he's sharing his testimony with us. I I, um, I want to make a comment that, you know, it is very rare that, that, that a couple would come on. And I knew, I knew these guys had something special going on, but... To have two fathers that were the spiritual rock of their of their family, as as you guys have, very uncommon, and I guess that that sort of tells the story of, mm-hmm. of how you guys uh, have such a deep faith. But you know, one question I would ask is, and <laughs> think about this with my kids. You know, uh, are you open to them being in the religious life? Because you know, you guys are the kind of people that 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 produce uh, priests and nuns and you know, because of your, your devoutness. But at the same time, my wife and I have had this discussion many times. Is, is it, do you find it sad that if, if, if you know, your, 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 your child may not have an opportunity to have a spouse? What's your thoughts about that? Okay, I'll go first. Um, you know, it, it's, a, it's an interesting question for us because if anyone's listening that knows us, our oldest, Elijah, who's 15, is on the autism spectrum. And so, like, his, his future is very unknown, right? I know everyone knows that for their kid. You know, you don't know what your child is going to, to do when they, they leave your home. But his, a little more so, mm-hmm. right? And so, I guess I, I have thought about that question because I've thought about, for him, like, I don't know if 
if he will get married. I don't know if he will have children one day, you know? So that's not the first time my brain has kind of gone through that whole thought process. Totally different scenario, but yeah, I would be totally thrilled and open to that. In fact, our daughter Emma, 13, uh, she was in seventh grade this past year at St. Cecilia, and we had a long-term sub that I had to locate kind of last minute, and Sister Mary Magdalene came, and she subbed for us, and Emma just was on fire. She was like, I just, I just want to listen to her talk all day, you know, and she was just so enamored with the way of life and everything, and do I think that's her call? I don't know. But if it is, I would be totally open to that for her. Our little Ella, if she ends up being that, that'll be the biggest surprise for all, I think. <laughs> Good luck to that mother superior. It's always, it's always the one you never think, too. Yeah, for me, the big thing would just be authenticity. Like, I'm, I'm completely in favor of where they end up in their vocations. I just want it to be authentic, like to, to really mm-hmm. journey into that authentically and, and be in it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. If that's where you feel called and you're in the right reasons for it, then you got my support 100%. You know, and I think that's true for our kids in all areas of their life. Elijah's going to be a freshman at STM this year, and he's not playing football, but he's going to be in the band mm-hmm. because that is what makes him happy. You know, and we decided early on that we were never going to force our kids into something, into a life or into a hobby or a, a team or a club that didn't make them happy. Mm-hmm. It made us happy, but not them. And so that has really borne much fruit for our kids too. Nice. And I think the, the key for, for us as parents is both of us are products of parents who were authentic in their relationship with, with Christ. It looked completely different, but we were able to witness that as children. Our goal is to be that authentic witness to our kids and hope that that guides them more than our words would. You know, don't, don't do as I say, but do as I do. And you would hope that that would guide them in their life's journey as they go through. So, so those of you, we're going to talk some sports now. So awesome. those of you who uh, who don't know Shane, uh, he's the offensive coordinator at St. Thomas More, correct? And, yes. Uh, and um, and I know he's waited very patiently, uh, and I think that, uh, <laughs> that that's that's I guess an understatement, right? Uh, but 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 at, like good Catholics too, that's what we got to do sometimes. But uh, but I, I think he's got big aspirations to be the head coach, whether it's at STM or somewhere else, and and that that's all going to happen for him. And uh, we're so blessed to have him to be a leader in our community. But tell me two questions. One, one. Let's start with this one: competitiveness and being Catholic, being Christian. How do you balance with you, especially with your kids, where you really? I know you're competitive. And uh, <laughs> how do you balance the, your faith with your competitiveness? I guess when competitiveness takes over into rage or into emotion, I think it's very healthy to be competitive. I think the the best people that we become are out of com- competition. You know, we talk about it all the time as coaches. You know, if I want a kid to be great, I need another kid next to him who's going to push him. Because every moment of every day, if I'm in a competition, I'm thinking about all that I'm doing. And, and is it going to help me or is it going to hurt me? Uh, if there's no competition there, it's a whole lot easier to just relax and, and become very lackadaisical and apathetic and, and whatever it is you're working towards. So uh, competition is really healthy as long as it doesn't move into emotional anger or envy. or And, and this is a neat thing to juggle. you know. So for me last year, uh, I got a, a two-time starting quarterback returning he's all state he's he's all everything he actually was the player of the year in, in 4a the year before uh, and an incoming sophomore who's committed to lsu and, and having to juggle the two of them relationally 
but let them know that because they're both there together, they're only going to make each other better. And, and there's a way for us to all win throughout this. So it was it was a fun journey because they're such great great kids. But it could have been devastating if it turned into emotion, if it turned into anger or envy. So it's a finding a way to, to try to communicate through that competition to make sure it stays where it needs to be. What would you say is your highest high been as a coach? Um, you know, is, is there a moment in time where you really like said, wow, okay, you know, this, this, this is really good. Uh, this makes me really happy. I have a number of, <laughs> a number of moments and none of them are on the field touchdowns or championship. Like, I mean, it just, that's not why we're in it, you know, and, and my, my fondest memory right now as a coach is in 2016, we finally win our first state championship in football uh, at St. Thomas More. Finally, you know, and we're in the Superdome. We win the game. We go into the locker room, and the trophy is in the corner on the floor with tape that kids had taken off their ankles. I mean, it's like basically in a pile of, of trash. And the kids are hugging each other, and the kids are using the word love as they talk to each other. It was a moment where you realized the kids really understood what it was about. Wow. It wasn't about the wooden trophy in the corner. Matter of fact, we left the trophy. <laughs> yes, I was hoping to say that. <laughs> we, we forgot the trophy in New Orleans because um, it wasn't about that. Our kids understood it was about the relationships uh, that they build with each other and, and ultimately the sacrifice it takes to get to that moment. And then what was really unique in that year is we were able to, that was the flood year, mm -hmm. we were able to identify or, or communicate sacrifice is love. So, hey, you group of 15 to 18-year-old boys and young men, what you just learned how to do this year was love. Mm -hmm. So it was really special, you know. So I look at that moment. I look at small little things where it's just individuals who, you know, they you know they were turds when they were in school. <laughs> i don't need any, there's not really any other way to say it um if you talk to most teachers that had them they were just frustrating because they never really did get it and then they walk in the coach's office doors five ten years later in their military outfit and their life has completely changed and they, and they look about they look at you and talk about the lessons they learned while they were in football at stm and how that guided them to where they were 10 years later you know, and then for me, you know, another championship for me was we win a huge game. I think it was a homecoming game. It wasn't homecoming. It was, it was a huge district game. We play the game. We win it. After the game, everybody is gone. And my starting quarterback, who just uh, – I mean, he may have broke a school record that night, but he ended up being a record setter that year, who, if you talk to his teachers in class, was a frustrating kid to deal with, didn't always make the right decisions. And I look up, because I'm playing with my kids on the field, and I look up, and he's picking up cups off the sideline and throwing them in the trash wow. that his teammates had left. By himself. He was the only By one. By himself. No one else was there. And So it's those moments, really, as a coach that I think are the, are the biggest highs, because that's why you're in it. Uh, you're in it to affect kids' lives in a way that they're really going to apply it in the future to that's be successful. Good. You know, and... Um I think I'm thinking so many stories, but ha, I got to share a quick one with you. This is so funny. You talk about leaving the trophy behind. I, I left. We left Brandon and Jessica at the church, uh, the wedding party after they got married. Awesome. We all got in the uh, in the in the caboose there, the uh, whatever you call it, the the, the trolley, and uh, we were all having a great time. And we get halfway to the reception, and we're like, uh, I think we forgot the bride and the groom. <laughs> awesome. That's great. That really happened, awesome. you know, That's at, at Christie's uh, church over there. Yes. Yeah. So uh, anyway, um, so. Uh, Shane, tell me about um, 
you know, what about the future for, for, for you and for St. Thomas More? You know, uh, I mean, coaching, obviously, this is something that you've desired greatly and, uh, and, and to lead men. Um, you know, I, I, what, what, what does that future look like for you? What are your goals for, for, for your future? Yeah, for me, that's the constant struggle of juggling profession and I guess the the whole part of who I am in vocation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if that would be the good word is profession versus vocation. Uh, I know what God has called me to, and I've had job offers that offer what the world would say I should jump onto more money, big, bigger opportunities. But vocationally, it doesn't come close to where I'm at. Uh, so I've turned those down for that reason. Mm-hmm. And when weighing it out, it doesn't make sense when you look at it on paper. But when you look at the vocation and mission of what I feel like I'm called to do, um, it just didn't come close to where I'm at at St. Thomas More. Um, my goal, obviously, I want to be the head coach at, at St. Thomas More, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's where I want to be. But I I, I want to do it the right way, and, and I want to I want to earn it, and, and I want to I want to carry Jim Hightower as far as we can carry him right. because he is really a jewel in our community. He is a he's a man in our profession that I think more and more coaches are seeing. I can be this way. I don't have to be the coach who yells and screams, the coach who demeans. Uh, I can be a humble man of God and be a coach and a very successful one. So uh, he's just a joy to work under and to learn under and to have him as that security net for me uh, as a coordinator has always been great. What other coaches out there uh, are are your mentors or that you have a lot of respect for that you – I've been really blessed. I've worked for for three head coaches. Uh, The first one – um, Brian Law, his dad was a Baptist preacher, you know, so it was a, it was a really unique opportunity for me, and, and he was very authentic and very real in, in his faith, funny guy. Uh, he, he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Mike Adams was the next one, and that was in Farmington, Arkansas as well, a uh, tremendous leader and, and just uh, a guy who'd been through tragedy in his life, uh, lost his wife and was raising the kids, and, and in that journey, he understood how to be real, and, and that authenticity was the key. And uh, to, I learned a lot about that from him. Uh, and then Jim, obviously, is, has been a big mentor. But I would say the biggest thing for me as a coach was when there finally was a guy who did it at the highest level and did it different, and it's Tony Dungy. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember, you know, it, you look at the coaching profession and a lot of these guys whose names are on top, uh, they're not necessarily – Easygoing, uh, they're not. They're not. They're they're very destructive verbally at times. But you don't get to see where they turn around after practice. And you know, I don't think right. they're always like that. But what you see of them is just that they're real hard and they're real demanding. And there's nothing wrong with that. But Tony Dungy comes along with the Indianapolis Colts after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and shows us there's another way. He he showed that you could love your players. Uh, and still get them to to succeed at the highest level. He showed that you can share your faith with your players and still get them to succeed at the highest level, that it didn't take – you didn't have to have such a separation from who you were as your true self to be successful uh, at the highest level. So I know for me that kind of opened up my eyes to I can be who God created me to be and be a very successful coach with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can never, I'll never I'll never forget Brian Law, our, our, my first head coach, first week on the job. Um, the first thing he told me was, you know, don't try to be anybody else. Don't try to be Bear Bryant. Don't try to be Nick Saban. Don't try to be 
just be you. Because I think he just mentioned the devil. I'm not sure, but <laughs> <laughs> he said, just be you. And the real reason is because kids can see right through fakeness. So you're better off being who you are and whatever that is. And look, Brian Law was a goofy dude, uh, but he was that goofy guy in front of the kids and the kids loved him for it uh, and played their hearts out for him. So uh, that's been the biggest influences. But I would say Tony Dungy, Jim Hightower has been a huge influence yeah. in my life. And, and that's just from a, a kind of a leadership spiritual side of it from a scheme wise there's a whole bunch of other guys but that's a whole nother conversation that i had <laughs> yesterday i got to speak at the louisiana high school coaches clinic oh, nice yeah so uh one, one of the uh the greatest uh, assets or you know qualities of my my wife is that she has a dislike for nick saban like i do <laughs> and it's just really it makes for a great marriage uh i just had to kick that in there uh, you know yeah. so um what about what do you do for inspiration? You know, uh, what, what, how do you keep yourself motivated? You know, is, are, there, are you a big reader of books or uh? the best thing for me is is that guy Lance Struther again, mm-hmm. um, because not only just in athletics, but in in campus ministry, because we're both involved in it. We constantly try to remind ourselves that even though this might be my 20th season, that's this kid's only senior year. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though th- I might have done this retreat 50 times already, there's a kid that this will be the first time that they've come to the Crossroads retreat. Uh, and constantly keeping ourselves in check, that's that's motivating. You know, that that for the first time, this, this will be this kid's opportunity to see God. Mm-hmm. And even though I've done it before, it's still important for me to give it everything I have. So from a motivational standpoint, um, Lance has been strong in that, uh, reading books from other coaches and, and just seeing how they do it and, and, and then competitiveness. You know, I want to be the best. You know, I want to sit in the big chair one day and, and I want to I have aspirations still professionally that I want to attain. So there's, a, there's that constant motivation there to continue to strive forward. Just a minute left in the show, Christy. I'm going to let you wrap it up uh, any kind of way you want to. Is there any question you may want to ask Shane or we can even wrap it up in prayer. It's up to you guys. Um, I would just say, just thank you, actually. Um, Just thank you to you, Todd, but also to every listener out there who is fighting the good fight, who is taking their faith and their vocation and what they know God is putting on their heart and being bold and convicted with it. You know, I, I think a lot of times we just take things like that for granted and we don't acknowledge and affirm each other. And so, I don't know, like it just hit me, like, just thank you. Thank you yeah. for for doing this and inviting us to this show. And um, yeah, I'd love to just end with prayer if we have a few seconds. Yeah, yeah I would just, uh, just to build on that, you know, Lance and I, we, we travel all over the country in football and also with ministry. And quite often we get, I didn't know Catholics could be like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's a testament to our community and the authenticity of our community. Uh, the willingness to, like one of the things I love about sports is it takes us through failure. Uh, and our willingness to work through that failure will ultimately determine our success. And spiritually, in this community, are we going to be willing to do that as well? To work through my failures, to let you see, hey, I'm not perfect, but here's where I want to go. Can you help me get there? Uh, and I think that's one of the beautiful things about our community here is a willingness as a community to be real, to, to be authentic in our journey, and our walk, whatever it looks like, and where we want to go, and, and the community's willingness to want to get us there. Uh, y'all have been such a blessing to myself and to my children, and I just want to thank y'all for being who you are. Know that thank you'll you. be in my prayers every day. 
and uh, I asked for yours as well, and, uh, and yes. it's just been a real pleasure today. So you've been listening to Lance. Uh, Lance, have been talking about <laughs> we've been talking about Lance so much. I think he's on the show. <laughs> Poor guy, Christy and Shane Savoy. Thank you for being on the show, uh, True Soldiers for Christ. And uh, you've been listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. As always, we we always and uh, we challenge you to engage the Cajun Catholic in you. Until next time, God bless.